All right, welcome to another episode of Aaron Calling. <laughs> episode 2063. Long, long overdue. <laughs> Let's wait a while. I, I really thought that, uh, like, during the pandemic, I was like, we'll just record one a week. And then it's like... <laughs> No, it just has been impossible. I mean, it doesn't help, obviously, that you added an entire human to your family during this time. But correct, uh, yeah. So our normal our normal call time has been is now like extra person's bedtime. So yeah, it's like it's like a weird moment where we usually did it is like yeah. is like this precipice moment where it like if it goes as you well know if it goes like a little bit askew everything gets really wild (laughs) well and for us it's been interesting because um like i don't ever leave the house during the week and so on the weekends i usually have a bunch of errands to run or like either picking up or dropping off some records or some sort of gear or something and then this last weekend we had like four soccer games because that's now coming back in and so it's like Oh yeah, like all this real life's coming back, and um, yeah. all those yep. little windows of time just get eaten up, zapped away. So this is my first lesson, my listicle for starting your own podcast with your BFF is be aware that in your schedules will never align. <laughs> Correct, especially if you <laughs> are doing said podcast over the phone from differing states, from different states during a <laughs> pandemic. And both 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 of you trying to raise families at right. various different differing ages, correct? Babies and teenagers, yep. uh, babies, toddlers, and teenagers. I right. think I think we you have I think it's as challenging on both sides for each of us. Do you know what I mean? It's right. Like we we both needed to have like eight year olds. You know what I mean? And then we'd be fine. <laughs> correct. So like I understand your brain at eight year old. Yeah, I, that's right. I don't know if I totally understand it at three and a half and no. seven months, eight months, like, yeah, or de- 17. I'm definitely like, oh, not right. at 17. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd be better at understanding you, but nope. No. Yep. So uh, our hardcore listenership will ask what this has to do with records. And right. uh, we will say it's just simply that we have not, uh, we've been a little, uh, we've been a little behind in our yes. uh, in our in our recordings but but here's right. here's one for your face that's right we're gonna we're gonna do it now we're gonna really bamboozle you right in the <laughs> right in the old noggin noggin parts <laughs> in the in the noggin parts i like that. <laughs> band band. so let's right, talk so about we... uh yeah what are we talking about right what are we let's doing? talk what? about um let's nerd out a bit on yes. the fact that uh I have been spending stupid money on not a lot of records, but just uh, these these tortuous, wonderful new (laughs) pressings of records that keep coming out. And uh, we thought this would be a fun time to to kind of catch up on some of the stuff we've been buying and uh, and talk sort of in general. I feel like my purchasing, uh, I think. If I ever go back and listen to all these podcasts, it would be like everyone. I think I'm probably changing the way I buy records um, right. because I'm an I'm an idiot. But uh, right, well, but I have found recently that I've been putting a lot more money into 
Uh, I wouldn't call them audiophile pressings uh, necessarily, but um, but um, but you know the vinyl market is where it's at, where where there's just such great uh, reissues coming out, and they're because I think they can charge so much more for them now, and people like me are like, yeah, okay, Um, that they're (laughs) they're they're just uh, that they're really taking their time. They're really they're they're working for master tapes. They're they're just pulling yeah. all this great catalog of music out and re-releasing it. So I had I texted you, I think, earlier or maybe on Friday of last week, maybe, because yep. I got this box in the mail that looked like it was <laughs> had arrived from space. I mean Yes, it looked like it, it was travel traveling on the space station before. Yeah, it, got it to literally you. had wings coming off of it. It's <laughs> it a box. Insane. And then there's cardboard wrapped around it with like wings coming off. And I, I'm like, yeah. what the heck? And I open it up, and there's two records in there. And then I was like, well, okay. I mean, I, I'll I'll give them credit for great packaging, but uh, yep. those two records were, and I had ordered it from Acoustic Sounds. So if yep. you are ever, ever, ever uh, worried about packaging for your records, I would highly suggest uh, always ordering from acoustic sounds because you will you will not be uh disappointed in how it arrives to your house it's like a drone box. yes that's what it looks like it definitely has wings so i sent you that uh i sent you that box and you're like oh which ones are those and so yeah. i just recently got the uh i got the john coltrane quartet ballads record yep. and the clifford brown and max roach uh study mm-hmm. in brown clifford brown for me is not really a uh like a top of mind um musician for me but i'm i love max roach and so right um when i was shopping on acoustic sounds i was and i've been doing this forever i've been torturing myself about because i already have a copy of a love supreme but Mm -hmm. i was i was like oh i should really get this like i've read so much so many great things about this series and how it sounds and i was like well no i won't get it because i you know but i didn't have ballads so I skipped getting Love Supreme, and now of course it's sold out. I can't find yep. it anywhere. But um, <laughs> so kind of ki- now I'm kicking myself. I think of I course. only want it because it's not available, like like anything else right. in life. But um, but you, I know, got the Love Supreme. Was that the yep. only one of these acoustic sounds research uh, or sound series that you've gotten? No, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I got uh, I got both the Coltrane's, and I got. Uh, two Nina Simone's. Oh, I looked at yeah. those. Um, and I think I talked on another episode about the Love Supreme briefly, but I will say it again. Um, being that that is like my favorite record of all time, like, yeah, it is by far like hearing it for the first time. Like, it is, it is real, real good. Um, and it's it kind of speaks to what the folks at Acoustic Sounds like the as you mentioned the the journey that they're having to take to do all of this and yeah. a lot of it is because they've teamed up with Verve who now owns the huge chunk of all of those masters but yeah. like uh, I did check out some of the videos of Chad the owner <laughs> there um, but it's it's great you know like on a lot of those videos he says you know we were told that the masters for this didn't exist and he's like well we found them <laughs> I know <laughs> like I we know. we spent the time and the effort and we found them and you know and I mean I'd read other stuff where he was like you know 
I will only use something that is not the master if I if it is literally the only way we can do it. Like if it is if I am absolutely certain there is no other way we can remaster something and press a disc out of it, then that that's the only way I'll use a digital file, which is kind of amazing in today's world, given you know, I mean, we lost however many records to a fire and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, like these masters are getting older. So, yep. and they're not easy to find. I mean, some of the, some of the records, you know, famously, I love Supreme was like, you know, I think the master tape at one point was found on a trash pile. Like, <laughs> like it's like, Oopsie. Some of, yeah. Like some of this stuff is like, is getting, it's not only is it just old and if it hasn't been, if a new master hasn't been generated from the original, you know, throughout time, then, you know, the tape is getting <laughs> almost, uh, or has, is gone and disintegrated just cause it's out of age. So it's, it's, it's a lot of work is what I'm saying. Um, but all of those are really good. The Nina Simone's are great. I was not, I knew, you know, obviously some of the tracks on some of those records, but I did not know the album, but it is, you know, you hear those words or you read them in, I guess, in forums or whatever, if you like that kind of thing, um, where people say, hey, the, you know, the sound stage is so 3D and you can really hear the breadth of the instruments and all that stuff. Like, you kind of can, honestly. Yeah. Like, there, there is that, like, when you hear it and you're like, wow, like, okay, like, that sounds real good. Um, yeah, that is a real thing for me, by the way. Um, um, sounds like sound staging and imaging and, uh, we right. can, we can kind of come back to that in a minute because sure. I think these records are a good representation of what those do. Um, like I, I still have the, the little like hype sticker or whatever on, on one of these. And it, it, you know, it says that they're mastered from the original analog tapes by the top mastering engineers manufactured at quality uh qrp quality record pressings on 180 QRP. gram vinyl yeah. right and the gatefold sleeve printed at stockton printing company yes. and these gatefold sleeves are they're, <laughs> they're ridiculous they're like <laughs> holy cow yeah it's it's legit it's... like if there was like a tornado i'd be worried these were like zip by your head <laughs> it could take right. You out. right they are they are thick. very very nice and glossy. And also, and too, awesome. if you think about it, I mean, what are they charging? Like thirty-five bucks? It's really yes. not. Considering like a Justin Bieber record would come out, right? right? Like, and it's going right. to be probably in the thirty-dollar range. And you know, right. I think the major labels are pushing a lot of those uh, newer releases at that pricing now. And so, to get a really well-done reissue for some of this stuff, because as you know especially John Coltrane records, you don't really find them used in good condition. No. And if you do, <laughs> it's like, uh, I found a copy of Ohm, uh, yeah, which yeah. if you've never gone down that road, it is not, it is not the easiest. And I say that because uh, I mentioned that because those are the ones you'll find is like, Ohm, like the super late stuff or the stuff that they released after he passed. And like, you know, it's like super free and super like it's hard to like wrap your skull around it. That's the kind of thing you'll find like used somewhere for like, you know, money that you can not like throw up about. But yeah, yeah. yeah otherwise, 
And the and the weird thing is, I think I said this to you, is like the weird thing is like even a copy of like an OG of a Love Supreme, like if you see people talking about that, they're like, yeah, you, I mean, unless you find one that is pristine, which is rare, you really, you, it's not the best sounding record ever pressed. Yeah. Like they didn't, they didn't take their time with it when they originally did it. Like famously, I guess on the first pressing, there's like an AC unit that was running a weird 60 cycle hum in the whole thing. So like you actually hear that, you know, it's like they, nobody stopped what they yep. were doing to be like, Hey, shut that thing off. Like yep. they yep. just let it go. And so then however many pressings go out with this in the back. And yep. <laughs> so it's like, honestly, for $35, you're getting arguably the best thing since it came out, you know? Yeah. And sometimes yeah. maybe even better. Depending. Maybe even better. Yeah. 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 I, I totally agree. I, um, I, we were then talking about, I think that Gil Evans, um, yeah. out of the cool, which I've actually been looking for that record for years. I, I had this <laughs> yeah. really stupid notion one time that I would try to get as many like <laughs> Im- impulse records as I could. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like starting from the very first ones. And, um, but it's, it's, uh, I'm never a com- I'm never a completist. I always come up with things right. like that and then I give up. But um, right. I, but yeah. I had actually been looking for that one for a while, and then um, yeah. I, that one's on there because I do have the Ray Charles one, which is I think it's like Ray Charles and Gil Evans are the next two from the yeah. Impulse. Super and, psyched uh, I, about those. Yeah, <laughs> I do have the Ray Charles one, which is a fun record, and uh, yeah, and uh, so those will be good. But I think. Uh, I'm hoping they do another another round of um, the uh, of a love supreme because I think it'd be fun to pick up. Um, you know, speaking of that, speaking of John Coltrane, there was also that sort of one step pressing that right. Craft Recordings did of um, Lush of Life, right? Lush Life, yeah. yeah. And that thing sold out. I think they only made a thousand copies. I think it sold out right. like an hour or something yeah. crazy. And I'm kicking myself for not having those. And I, and <laughs> this is going to go against everything. I, I, it, this contradicts a lot of what I think about records, but right. You know, when I first started buying records, I always thought like, you know, I mean, well, when you and I first started buying records, a lot of it was just like, they were cheap. Right. And so yep. we just would pick them up and have them. We never really looked at them as having any sort of value whatsoever. No. Do you know what I mean? No. And now as I'm looking at, what I want to buy, it's almost like it, it, sometimes I think to myself, you know what? I I do want to buy this copy because this acoustic sound series is probably not going to go on for forever. And at some point right. these and, and I'm going to take really great care of these. At some right. point, they're probably going to be worth more than what I paid for them, yep. which is, is sort of goes into sort of an idea of, of, of a collection because, it, you know, it's not going to be that there's, you know you know, 2 million of that, you know, Hall and Oates record that I have, do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. That, yeah. you know, or the Steely Dan record or whatever, but there will be sort of that limited edition. And I know that a few years ago, several years ago, they did a Coltrane live concert that they found. Yeah. Like Beth- Bethlehem college or something like that. Yep. And I bought it immediately just cause I'm, you know, and I, it was sort of at a time where I was just like, Ooh, John Coltrane record. I'll buy it. Not really thinking right. of anything. And going through the pandemic, I was like putting that in the discogs. I was like, "Holy cow, this record's like a two hundred dollar record now." You right. Know what I mean, so right. yeah. Um, 
So it's interesting to think about it sort of from that standpoint as well as like, you know, um, you know, adding things to your collection that, you know, will sort of, um, you know, uh, appreciate over time. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, now you've got impulses coming up on its 60 year anniversary. Yeah. They're about to unleash a bunch of stuff. The box set thing. I don't know. I don't It's it's real pretty. I actually own, I own the book, uh, the house that train built that Ashley Conn wrote, which is a great book. And I actually saw it the other day. I was like, I think I, I need to finish that. I think I started and got distracted. Never finished. Yeah. A hundred years ago, I found it like in a antique store of all places. Yeah. And, um, uh, so I'm sort of like, I'm not sure what that will add more, you know, that it's almost more like a little like collector's piece or whatever, but I just don't know that I, I really needed that that bad. I think they're going to, I think they're about to drop, you know, a bunch of like, they're about to reissue stuff as well, which will be awesome to have, you know, some of those records out in the, in the world again, that maybe they haven't uh, licensed out to somebody else or, you know, somebody like acoustic sounds hasn't done or whatever. I mean, obviously with the hope that they're doing it as well as somebody like acoustic sounds, although I think you'd be hard pressed to find, somebody doing it that hard except maybe your uh mobile fidelity kids which uh, yeah that was another thing that we were uh we were going to talk about a little bit which is me and this kind of goes back to um sort of that idea of you know well what what happened is i I came across this video on youtube and um, (laughs) which was insane uh, by the way yeah of this guy who spent (laughs) So he he bought a collection. He he owns a record store. Right. And he bought a collection of all mobile fidelity and audiophile pressing. So there was, I think, some uh, like one-step QRP or something like that. You know, like those like Jimi Hendrix records where they're in the big box. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of those. And so so he, he had a customer that was coming to his store for years and would only buy like the uh, mobile fidelity and any, any audio file pressings. And so the guy has decided as of late that he wants to be more mobile and travel, which as we know, records do not exactly allow that for nope. in life. And so he wanted to, you know, sell it back to the store. And so the guy paid $40,000 for it and was joking with the guy he bought it from, that he probably made, a twenty thousand dollar profit the the, yeah. the original buyer probably made twenty grand and you know that this guy will make twenty yes. grand if not more because I think right. there was there was a Nirvana Nevermind uh that's out of print. Um yeah. all the early one all the early out of prints, you know, print pressings were in there. And you know he had them all Beatles, you know, 45 RPM, all that stuff. And that got me thinking you know, a lot of times I sort of turned my nose down because I remember seeing um, a, it was either Thelonious Monk or Marvin Gaye because Monk's Dream and What's Going On sort of have a similar album cover, if you can right. picture them both. Yep. And yep. there was a, there was a Mobile Fidelity pressing at a local store. And it was, it sat there forever because I think right. it was like $125. And, and I kept thinking, should I get that? You know what I mean? And I was like, it's so stupid. Why would I get that? Why would I spend that much money? Do you know what I mean? And of course, 
now uh, it's not there anymore. But you know, now right. those are sold out, and so yeah. they're um, they're they're much more valuable. You know, right. and so uh, <laughs> this is not me coming across saying buy something so that you can you know just have something that's more valuable. That's silly. Like those records are classic records that I would listen to nonstop. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, um, and I've heard really great things about those that, um, you know, the, the process they use to press those records. So yep. it'd be interesting to hear that. I really only own, I own a weed. I own the blue record by Weezer, yep. um, Mo Fidelity. And then I inherited a copy of, uh, an eighties MoFi of, uh, Abbey road by the Beatles. So I don't have a lot that I'm going off on here, but, um, but they are serious. They're, they're much, they, they sound a lot different. And when people ask me like, this acoustic sounds or a mode fidelity or some of these others that we'll talk about. I think what it is for me, the thing that comes across the most is how quiet they are. Yep. Yep. And that's that a, you're, you're, yeah. you're just, you, you know, you're listening, you know, you're listening to a record, but you're not. Does that make sense? Right. Right. Yeah. There's not, it's almost like that. And this is, it, it's almost not fair to like <laughs> do the comparison, but it's almost like when you, in the in the days of old when you would put a cd on and there's like no noise floor at all and like that was the thing that people loved about a cd was like you put that thing in it's silent and then the music comes in and that's it kind of akin to that honestly like it's like you put that thing on like i only have one mobile fidelity and it's a los lobos record um and it is the same way it's like you put that thing on you're like wow that is uh there it is that's a record i think <laughs> yeah but it's also yeah you get the you get the benefits i feel like you get you get all the benefits of vinyl and then you have that added benefit of they are again taking their time with the pressing and so it's like a really clean pressing like when you get yeah. it it's like there you're not you're not digging out dirt in the grooves and like weird mm. bits of plastic and all that it's like clean (laughs) it's clean and it's not it's not colored and so it's not like you know it's not like my cool indie pressing of uh, a tingo record that i bought specifically that was supposed to help support the local store that i bought it at which i was happy to and then got it home and there's two or three songs that just sound like (laughs) my needles covered in dust you know what i mean right i'm like i know it's not i've checked it (laughs) i think you said something about this too and uh I think in your blog post about uh, the MoFi thing um, where it's like, you almost have to, they're, they're also quieter in the sense of like the fatigue on your ear is not yep. there. Like, yep. like you, you might have to turn them up, especially the MoFi things. You might have to turn them up more to yep. get the same, to generate the same thing. But that's because they're building in. Unlike a lot of records made recently, they're building in, the idea that you will do that, <laughs> not you're going to put this on and you're, you know, you're going to be on like one eighth of your volume and it's going to feel like everything's going to distort because it's so loudly pressed or whatever, um, yep. or mastered. Uh, and it's, it's great. So it's, so it makes it enjoyable to hear, mm-hmm. um, much like the, again, the acoustic sounds again, the clarity is just insane. And I think, you know, whatever we're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna keep going and talk about this but yeah, yeah. The mofi thing yeah they're definitely definitely 
the sonics are are brought out because there's less going on in the background. I guess yeah. is the easiest way to say it. Yeah, yeah, I 100 percent agree. And I think that they, when they originally started, they used some sort of um, like special, like Japanese vinyl uh, like component, like you know, actually right. like ingredients that would actually make it like super super quiet. And then I think that's changed over the years, but they still go out of their way to make sure they're using just like the best. You know the yeah. best records, and that's that's the thing. Like I think a lot of people forget is like, you know, um, even a lot of the early CDs don't sound good because they were transferred, you know, right. poorly. That people were just like, let's just get these out in the market so they'll sell. We right. definitely saw that when when records came back and people were like, I don't know, just throw a CD version on there and just get it out there, right? And then right. people kind of started crying foul. But like, you know, you know, yeah, for the most part, a lot of the bigger labels they just don't care. They just want the music in the they just want the format to be purchased. You know what I mean? They're right. not necessarily going out of their way to make sure it's the most pleasurable experience. Like, like some of these, uh, you know, niche labels do in terms of making sure you're, you know, you're really happy with the end product. But, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'll, you, you, you remember, like I have some records that literally like you can wobble them, you know what I mean? It's like, yep. you know, that was like the new thing, like Dynaflex where it's like, woo, woo, yep. woo, you know, like, Right. And, and, um, and then obviously they would recycle records and then they would use those to, you know, and like, you know, and that, you know, in the heyday when all you could buy is records, but also too people would trash them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, nobody took care of them. Nobody was like right. as anal as they are about <laughs> records now. And no. so, you know, it, it, it's sort of a whole game changer. It is funny, like putting some of these, you know, pressings down. It's like, Oh man, I want to make sure I don't, you know, you know mess these things up you know what i mean it's right so right. so dumb sometimes but um i think another <clears throat> another sort of run that has come out lately that i've loved is the tone poet series Oof. from yep. blue note and that's just like i mean that that's just i mean that's like oh what's that over there oh that's a that's a cow it's got a dollar sign on it cash cow <laughs> yeah let's just yes. jump on it and ride it yes. in the town because there's yep. gonna be people like aaron hartley that just buy them and right um but I, I have bought so many of those lately. I have got yeah. like a couple Art Blakey's. I've got yep. I've bought records that I didn't even know about, like Tina Brooks, The Waiting Game. I knew yep. about uh, I knew about Donald Byrd, Bird and Flight, and McCoy Tyner, Tender yep. Moments. Um, but man, those records sound great. And yes, I have a feeling that, and I'm really bummed because there was a Chick Korea one, um, the one about him singing or something i forget now the he sings now he, now he sings yeah 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 um that i'm really bummed that i missed out on um and it sold out um yeah which things like that happen unfortunately when somebody passes away but um, sure and i was like oh man i wish i had gotten that one but um i i've, I've just loved picking those up again great packaging they're super yes. quiet they sound great and I think that's going to be another series where in like 10 years, people are going to be like, oh, is that a tone? You know what I mean? Is that like a right. tone pump to version of that record? And it's going to be, it's going to have a, it's going to have a different value rather than, you know, a good, a good, a good example of mine is I have like a late sixties pressing of like the Sidewinder by Lee Morgan that I found at yep. an antique store uh, in Cincinnati over the holidays. Mm -hmm. And it's not perfect. Do you know what I mean? And right. Um, and it's, it's been listened to, I'll just say that. Sure. And, um, it's kind of fun to have a sixties pressing of it, but you know, I, that's another one that I would just pick up again, just to have the really right. great clean version of it. Right. They, I know I have a, 
speaking of the sidewinder, I think, yeah, I got one that's like, I think might be a, it might be a late sixties, early seventies, kind of the same deal. Um, yep. but it sounds, you know, it sounds good. Uh, yep. but yes, I would totally, a hundred percent agree with everything about the tone poet. I would even go so far as to say, um, I guess cause Don was, is still the, the prez yep. over there. Um, at blue note, like even the, uh, I guess they're on the 80th anniversary yep. editions now, like even the stuff that's not getting the tone poet treatment. Cause every record doesn't get the tone poet right. treatment. Um, which in case you don't know, tone poets come out and they're all 180 gram. They're all done by, I believe Kevin Gray is the mastering yep. guy. I think that's right. Um, yeah. or at least the majority of them, uh, they get the same like Stoughton printed, uh, super tip on gatefold, uh, covers, uh, yep. sleeves and everything. It's, it's really done well, super clean, super quiet. Uh, again, sound great, but I would, I would say even the, the stuff that's in the 80th anniversary editions, um, which is, you know, probably the majority of the, <clears throat> the catalog of blue note, um, are ridiculously good yeah. like they are great and if you're somebody who's trying to get into the blue note world and maybe the tone poet is too much money for you and you can't find them on sale somewhere which all you got to do is kind of like wait around and they'll be on yep. sale somewhere but if you can't find them on sale somewhere uh the 80th anniversary editions are also great i just think that with the 80th they're not going out of their way to make sure that it's it may or may not be original analog masters that are used it may be like another generation or a really good digital transfer that they yep. then make sound really great which they do yeah. they're still really good as but, as, yes. bla as, as blasphemous as it sounds uh right i think it was in february target had a buy two get one free on right. all their records and I was like, well, let me look. And uh, and sure enough, they had three Tone Poet records. Yeah, um, it was crazy. And I was like, okay, perfect. And I got, I got, I bought two of them there and I got one free. And then Blue Note, I think for this month is having, is it 20% off? I, I sent yep. it to you, a 20% yep. off sale. And so I bought, I bought three more there. But, you know, part of me thinks, well, this is crazy. But a lot of this is to go back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of soundstage and imaging, which is... yes. Um, as I, as people know, and as I've spent a lot of time, especially during the pandemic, playing around with my system, adding components, selling off some things, getting new speakers, yep. you know, and, uh, a new stylus and, and just, you know, constantly kind of just, you know, really trying to listen better. Yeah. Um, if you get a really great set of speakers and, um, you know, really great stylus, like it really does open up recordings. And I don't think yeah. it's not something that anyone ever really explained to me, but I've been reading right. this book um, on how to build your own hi-fi system. Um, and a friend of mine and I were geeking out about it the other day. Cause it's like the, it's one of those books that's been around for forever. So I think mine's like the fifth edition or whatever, but he's right. got one of the early <laughs> ones, which has this really awful artwork on it or whatever. But he does a really good job of going through and explaining what those words mean. Like what, what right. is imaging? You know what I mean? Which you explained it well, which is sort of like the placement of the musicians and you can yeah. hear where people are, you know, and, or I guess some right. people might say that's the sound stage or, 
you know, yeah. uh, th those type things. And so, you know, you put some of these records on and in that book, the guy says a lot of modern day, whatever the most popular music at the time is, is usually the, so think about every decade, whatever was most popular. That's usually the worst music to listen to in terms of getting the best sound from your stereo system. Right. Because popular music is mastered loud. It's mastered for radio. It's, right. Uh, you know, everything is sort of made to be in your face and yep. you don't get that, um, that sort of placement. And, and, and I never really understood why audiophiles were like really big into like classical music or opera or those type things. Right. And now I understand it because they've got microphones set up in a really big, you know, concert hall and you're able to sort of hear, you know, right. uh, you know, the, the clarinets on the left and, you know, the violins yeah. on the right or whatever. And you're able to sort of feel like you're in the room, which I think is what sort of right. the audiophile quest is for most people. And I think audiophiles get a bad rap, which I think that they most of the time deserve. Especially when, <laughs> yes. it's just a bunch of, when it's just a bunch of old, old white guys mansplaining um, audio gear <laughs> to people yes. or bragging about how much money they've spent on their gear. Right. I think that I think if we could eradicate that from, from yes. the, the idea of, of sound, but you know, um, telling just, all the youngins uh, that they bought the wrong thing, no matter what it was, exactly. just because you're like a young kid. It's like, no, nope, yep. that was the wrong thing. That like, was the wrong thing. what? <laughs> yep. And so I think, I think the, the, the great thing is with some of this, some of these new pressings is it gives you that ability, you know, to hook up a good sound system and really kind of hear those things. It's funny. I have a, uh, I found a, um it's from the 60s like 1962 i think and it's like this really i'll just say it's whitewashed because it's it's probably a bunch of white guys but like yeah um it's it's uh it's called african sounds and mm -hmm. um um and you know it, it's probably just a bunch of white guys playing songs uh, you know exotic songs if you will. right um you know, <laughs> to, to, you know i was explaining to the boys like well you gotta remember in certain times people didn't travel a lot to you know, right. other, you know, places. And so they would, they would sort of try to upsell like Caribbean steel drums on records. That's what you right. find in a thrift store. And I found this one at a thrift store, but it was recorded on 35 millimeter film instead wow. of uh, regular uh, recording tape. And, and I was like, this is interesting. And so I was like, I really want to, there's all this pro explanations in the process and I'll, I'll probably like write a post about it at some point because it's kind of interesting. And I thought, yeah. I don't know that I can really tell that much of a difference because I think I would probably need to find another record from that era, right? Like, sure. You know, to sort of A-B it with. But, um, right. and I, I do have one, but it's a living presence, a living presence record, which I found for mm. like three bucks. But, <laughs> um, but it's also a, uh, those are pretty well known for their their sound reproduction in terms of taking it pretty serious. So, right, like whatever popular record would be from like 1962, which I think is when this came out. But I say all this because it's kind of this goofy, like upbeat, like you know, it sounds like this, you know, like uh, you know, uh, the lion sleeps tonight is on there, right? right. And there's no vocals; right. it's just instruments, but it's stuff all over the place. Right. And so you're right. hearing things coming out of the left speaker and out of the right speaker. And it's kind of a really cool record to play to hear all those different aspects of your system. And, right. and I was like, I got to keep this. Do you know what I mean? Cause it's yeah. just kind of fun to have 
to play for that. And so I think that's why when people start hearing a lot about people like you and I nerding out over records and pressings and all this stuff, <laughs> they're, you know, it's just like, if, if you've just got a real, you know, basic starter system, which I think is great. And that's what you should have. Um, you know, and you're thinking, well, why would I want to spend, you know, $60 on this pressing if I can get 10 other records? I was there at one time. Right. And, um, and I, and, and it was a great, great period for me. And I, I bought a lot of great records, but I think, I think that's where I'm, I'm circling back around now and wondering, is it, is it better just to have some of these really great reissues, um, and, and yep. pay up for them, you know? Yeah. Yep. Which also brings me to the ridiculous amount of Bob Marley that I bought over the holidays. <laughs> True. <laughs> because uh, the uh, Tough Gong and Island reissued like most of that catalog, right? Uh, I think they, they put it all out. Was it everything? I know there's a box set that, that is every literally every island record. But I don't okay. know if that's like, and they did like a half ma- half speed master one, and then the Tough Gong kids did like a Jamaican version. Oh, where it's okay, like, okay, yeah, it's a it's What's wacky. The record with the Zippo cover. That's a Catch a Fire. Yes, okay, but it's okay, so, that's the Jamaican version, I believe, yes. is the guy with so the that's, Zippo. That's the one that I just bought the reissue. Yeah, the expensive one from Light in the Attic. Um, yeah. Because I think, yeah, you're right. It's like the original, and I think he went back and overdubbed some vocals and maybe organ or something on the yeah. Island release. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he, I think they, he basically had more money at that point, and gotcha. Island was like, yeah, maybe go do this, and it'll be like a super huge hit. And he was like, okay, yeah. and then it so, was, <laughs> and then it was. So when they when they announced these uh, uh, half speed masterings, I had actually bought a half speed mastering of. Um, and it's so funny because I, I, I never would have thought I would ever own this record, but that blind faith record. Oh, um, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, this looks interesting. And, um, and I, and so, and it, it sounds really great. And so when they released all these half speed masters, I was like, oh, I was like, man, I'm probably, I was like, well, I'll just go through and pick the ones I want. And then I was like, ugh, like, these are never going to be around for forever. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so, right. I was on that what you discover music.com that I think we've talked about <laughs> on here frequently. The and evil. it was around the yeah, it was around the holidays. It was, it was so they had like a Black Friday sale and then you got extra like they're just one of these people that just keep giving you like right. little percentages off. And the next thing you yeah. know, it's like it's shipping for free. You've gotten two or three coupons off. And so I just bought them all. And I think it was maybe 200 220 or something like that right. for all these but it, it brought yeah. it down to like around 20 bucks a record and if you're in a store they're 30 35 dollar albums you know what Easy. i mean so yep. um and i've already seen them selling on discogs for 35 40 and some of them in the, in the 60 dollar range right um and the the half speed mastering is really great too because again Nice and clean. These are records that you need to turn up, just kind of like the yep. Mobile Fidelity. And um, when I first got them in, I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. But then, <laughs> have, you know, uh, but also, too, like getting a bunch of reggae records in the winter is just not really like right. it, it was weird right. to me. I'm sure they I'm sure they wanted to capitalize on on Black Friday and fourth quarter shopping. But it's just like sure. push that until the summer, man. That's when everybody wants to have. You know, to me at least, it's like I'm just now kind of getting around to listening to them with the sun coming out and things of right. that nature. But, um, but that's it. And so I think 
um, all that's to say that you've been looking at the. Are are you going to get that box set? I know you're. I know uh, you're in, in Dubland right now, which I, I can't wait to hear about. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Is the is the long and short of it? It's just like one of those things that's out there. Like I, I personally was like when I saw it coming out, I was like, oh man, that's that's pretty, and I was like, but then I discovered that there's both the like jamaican version where they mm-hmm. basically they mastered it basically the the deal is they took it to like to jamaica and redid all the masters there i guess it's not half speed done but it's done in like a small batch basically it's like artisanally mastered basically in jamaica and i think the versions are a little different so i think they tried to like recreate how they were presented in jamaica as much as they could before they came here because if you don't know the records that we get, and we'll probably talk about this when we talk about our record sequencing on down the line. Uh, Records that we get here in the States are not the same as the records they get in the home country always. So, and that used to be very prevalent in the days of like trying to sell an artist from a different place to American audiences. Anyways, all that being said, Jamaican version and the Island, which is tough gong and then Island version, which is everywhere else, basically different versions um so yeah i was looking at the i've been i've had my eye on that tough gong one for since since at least when we were talking about last thanksgiving or whatever and i haven't bought it yet but it's still like i want i want to um Mm -hmm. because i never thought that i would be like man bob marley is the jam but (laughs) there was a point where i like i remember listening to it's bob marley and the way there's live that record is was my gateway really. Um, and I just remember like one day, like I picked it up a remaster on a CD or something and just was like, that rhythm section is the best. Like, <laughs> Holy crap. Those dudes can play anything. They sound like they can play anything. Yep. And uh, so that just started me down uh, a rabbit hole. And then I've discovered all these people that I never thought would also be like Bob Marley fans telling me like Ryan Irvin, and I used to nerd out on Bob Marley records all the time. Yeah. And I'd be like, you need to listen to this one. And then I'd get it and be like, oh my God, that's so good. Yeah. But uh, all that being said, um, I have gone into a, a whirlpool that is called dub <laughs> reggae. And I'm scared for myself <laughs> because now everything I hear is has delay on it. And it's like it's like some dude is like in another room in another house and he's like yep. singing and that's all yep. i can hear um <laughs> all that uh, honestly the the cool thing about all that for me is, is that a they get reissued all the time on like yep. these like little labels none of which sound stellar but yeah. here's the thing dub never sounded stellar no like, wow. that wasn't the the point really right yeah. dub is like the you know it's like the punk rock of reggae in yep. a lot of ways it's like guys like you know and and we wouldn't have in large part wouldn't have hip-hop culture that we came to know in the u.s without it and it's yep. so it's kind of a, a fun little gateway to that as well um and a lot of the bands that like king tubby and Lee Perry and uh, scientists and all these guys were using Bunny Lee and Bunny Stryker and all these guys were the guys that became like the upsetters became the whalers. Yeah. And 
so like that band, the rhythm section that I loved are doing all the tracks on all these upsetters records. And then, you know, Lee Perry's going in there and just like messing with the sound and it's, it's insane. (laughs) It sounds crazy sometimes, but it also is like, you know, it comes back to like how I've said multiple times, like when I don't want to hear like blaring guitar music or like straight up hip hop or jazz even. And I'm like, I find my other music. It's always usually like an electronic thing. Yeah. This is kind of like that, you know, it's like, it gives me like a, a little bit of an out and it's like, you can kind of zone out and just let it do its thing off in the distance. And you don't have to like pay attention to everything. But if you like, you know, you find yourself walking past the speaker and you're like, what on earth is going on? Um, or you look around the room and like your kids are like looking at you, like what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is usually what happens. I've apologized to Stacy multiple times. Like, I'm sorry. There's probably a lot of <laughs> dub coming through the speakers right now. And I'm sure that's grating <laughs> at, at a point, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, and it's fun because they're the kind of records that like, there's a lot of them out there that like never like there's a lot of people who don't go past like you know you don't go past the king tubby or a lee perry and understandably because it can get weird and you're like how do you keep track of who everybody is or whatever um but a lot of it is you know you find these like weird to you at least obscure other dub records that somebody did you know after the fact yep. and um they're great you know uh it's just it's just a lot of fun yeah well, that so reminds just... me that on um and it, it's obviously not dub related because this would be early early reggae but um right uh on amazon prime they have at least it was you could watch for free like the uh it's like rude boy the story of oh, trojan records yes. i've been yeah. meaning to to yeah. jump on it yeah yeah it's good it's um it's an interesting documentary in the way they do it. It's obviously it's your usual documentary format of people talking, but they sort of do a lot of cool reenactments. Oh, um, nice. And that sent me down a whole rabbit hole, of, like wanting to collect like Trojan 45s, which is just, again, one of those right. stupid things that I think about. And then I'm like, why? why? I'm not going to start over and do all that stuff. But, um, and but, speaking uh, of that, uh, yeah. sorry to interrupt. Uh, no. The uh, venerable music on vinyl kids, yeah. uh, who uh, we have spoken highly of before. Um, yeah. Not everybody loves them, and that's fine, whatever. Uh, but they recently licensed out a bunch of the Trojan, like old Trojan catalog. Yeah, and yeah. I've been I've been kind of getting some of those as they come in to like local shops or whatever. Um, and they're 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 fun. They're on like orange Trojan orange vinyl. Yeah. Um, and that, again, it's like super thick uh, vinyl and super thick uh, sleeves. And like they reproduced the original album art because a lot of times that changed when or if oh, those records yeah. ever came here. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're really great. The ones that I have, I have a couple of Upsetters ones and like another like Freddie McGregor and some other weird ones. But um, they're really great. So, yeah understanding Trojan 45s would be amazing to find, but if you can't find <laughs> uh, the music on vinyl stuff, again, you're paying up for most of it. Cause it's uh they're all imports, but yep. 
usually the pressing quality is pretty dang good. Um, yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't had any issue with the music on vinyl stuff, but, um, you know, to each his own. I'm, I'm sure every record right. made's not perfect. So. Sure. I mean, I, have, so, I think I've got one. I think I got, besides those reggae guys, I got like a Faith No More. Yeah, mine are usually 90s. Mine are usually 90s, like uh, Blind Melon, stuff like that. (laughs) Right. The only thing I could complain about about the Angel Dust was like, is like, it is very, I mean, that record was made this way, as I recall, though. I had it on cassette. Um, It's kind of bass heavy. Like, it's like, so like, when you like, you put some volume to it, you're like, yeah, now it's a little much, but (laughs) whatever. I mean, what are you going to complain about? Like, oh, it sounds too good. Whatever. <laughs> Sounds too much like rock and roll. <laughs> so how's your new stylus? Oh, it's great. Um, uh, I guess if, if we're doing a little background here, I uh, took you up on your recommendation and got a U-turn turntable. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I did not go like the crazy route and like get all the bells and whistles all the way up to the top. I got like... Uh, the normal, I guess the basic guy, uh, which comes with a, it's a audio technica. I can't remember. I can't either. I just saw it the other day. It's, it's yeah, it's a it's, green boxy dude. I can't, yeah. it's like the old version of, I think it's I a v, like a VM 95 E or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it actually is orange. That's what it was. It was not green. Um, yeah, yeah. So my, yeah, yeah. my U-turn table, I have my office has a yellow one on there. And right. Those are almost like really weird. Like not, it's almost like they're not even meant to be replaced. It's almost like they're just installed on right. those and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I had, I discovered that inadvertently either I or my three and a half year old, uh, bent the stylus on, the original yep. guy and in trying to <laughs> in trying to remove the wires, which they make look really easy in their little video. <laughs> like the guy, the guy in the video with his fat chubby fingers. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. It's not. Guy, it's not. Uh, pulls, it's not. pulls the wires off real easy. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And then I get three of them down. Perfect. Yep. The last one with my three and a half year old watching me being like, great job, daddy. I just ripped <laughs> that, <laughs> that wire right out of there. I was like, well, okay. Yeah. Um, so then uh, I had done, I had already done my research uh, and I got the VM95EN, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, mainly because, as we have spoken about, uh, you can now with all the Audio Technica, the next time I want to change style, I don't have to buy the whole head shell. I can just buy the stylus. That's right. And. Yep. If you want to upgrade all the way to uh, microlinear or uh, Shibata, I think, which is what you have on one. Yes, um, I have a Shibata. Uh, you can do that without having to do all the other wackadooness. Um, yeah, you don't have to install a new cartridge. You can just right. s- slip the stylus off and put a new and one. And then seemingly, I don't know how your, I guess your mileage may vary. I don't know how your installation was, but do you have to like realign the whole guy? Um, I think it's always probably a good, a good, right. Um, you know, you, you can, you can kind of get your little nerdy protractor out. And, sure. You know, I, I, I think if you've got it right, it's going to be mostly right. Um, right. but, uh, but it, it would probably only be like, it's, it, in, in theory, it should just be that that little 
you know, most of them are green, but like, you yeah. know, the Shabbat is brown. It should just be that, like, you simply just pull that right down off the cartridge right. and then you just put the new one back <laughs> right. up. And so, as long as the cartridge itself doesn't move on the head shell, it should, right. it should stay within the same alignment. But, you know, right. it never hurts to just, just triple check. Um, so, the, the goods of all this is that I found a gentleman here who fixed it for me super fast and was super great about the whole thing uh and even with covid and all that was like great at like he had like a little drop box and you just put the guy in there and he tells you when it's ready and you come back to his place and you pick it up out of the box and that's all great um he did a great job with the alignment uh it is an elliptical if for for all those out there the vm 95 en is an elliptical nude stylist um and it is uh, it's great. Um, the VM, the 95 is kind of like one of those, uh, I guess if you're in the audiophile world, you'd call it the sleeper, uh, cartridge, uh, of the audio technical world. A lot, of, a lot of like, uh, turntables came with them for years because it was like a really good, uh, stylus for, a really good cartridge for not a lot of money, um, yeah. which they're still trying to do. Uh, I think it was maybe 50 bucks, maybe. I don't know. I'm not even sure. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 50, 60, something like that. Um, is it, what color is it? It's green. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the green you bought the, you put the blue one on that other guy, right? The yeah. Other the blue fixed, one is right. like, the blue one is just like about 35 or yeah. 40 now, which is really great. And then, yeah. uh, and then the green ones are, I'm starting to see closer around 70 right now, yeah. but, um, yeah. but yeah. Uh, and then there's, I think there's one, maybe two more in between there. It's an orange one, I think. And then, yeah, that's the micro linear guy yeah. that I'm yeah. like looking at like, Ooh, yeah. I might do and that then next, the, but. the brown one, which is what I have is the Shibata and it's 199, yeah. which seemed insane at the time when I bought it. I was like, it's so dumb, <laughs> but, um, but it was, it was the, worth it. I, I really, right. really, really liked it. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, I had some other issues stereo-wise. So things have kind of switched up and I haven't been able to get some things fixed or whatever. I got new speakers and, you know, there's a lot of different changes that have gone on. Um, But I can definitely tell you that it plays, I feel like at least, it plays records cleaner. Yeah. Um, I think it tracks better. You know, that's one of the things about it. It tracks yeah. better yeah. Uh, in the groove. I think even the what I have read and read up on, you know, the micro linears will do even better. Shabbatas will do even better. All that kind of stuff, um, depending on. And it, a lot of it depends, kids, on what music you're listening to, on what what all the other components are, all that stuff. But uh, as a as a starting point and as the first time I'd switched up the stylus uh, in my system. I have been nothing but happy with it. Um, I feel yeah, like it's funny. I, um, I had somebody, I saw somebody asking in a group the other day, record group about getting a new turntable brand new. And they were looking right. at different options. And a lot of people recommended the U-turn. And I actually, I felt bad because I actually said, I used to always rec, I used to always recommend the U-turn <laughs> and I've recommended it to tons of friends. But now that I'm, you know, doing a lot more listening with cartridges and installing them, Right. I I would almost point someone more to like a fluence or something of that nature where there's sure. or or an audio technica 
more that DJ model where there's a detachable head shell because it's a game changer in terms of replacing the cartridge. And yes. the, the, the guy actually wrote me back and he was like, so funny you said that because the music hall that I've been using, that's what happened. It didn't have one, which I had a table like that that I broke. You broke yours. Yep. Um, and <laughs> and I've even broken them on the head shell. The nice thing is with the head shell, you can just buy replacement wires and just put right. them on there. But um, the, uh, uh, you know, he was like, yeah, my music hall turntable that I've used for years, I tried to replace the cartridge and broke it. It's just never really sounded right since then, even though I've had it fixed. And he was like, he was like, I think that's going to be what changes it for me, you know, because I was like, yeah, I just never knew that until I got into more swapping all these cartridges around and you know and yeah and and what's fun for me is i'll i have like multiple turntables so i can just unscrew the head shell and put a put this stylus on that one you know and right you know different systems and that sort of stuff so um you know as you uh you know you know later on down the road upgrade turntables if you ever want to you know right um i, I that's what i would say to someone now and say yeah you know like U-turn's great, but there's they, they do make it look really easy. But um, but there is something great about having that head shell you can unscrew, set right. on the table, and then st- and you know and then e- you know try to get those wires off a little bit easier because yeah. if that wire breaks, you just put a new wire on there. If the wire on a U-turn breaks, it that wire is feeding all the way down the tone arm, so yep. you have to have it repaired. Yep, and there's the things we they. Learned. Yes. And they don't really, you know, they don't tell you things like, Hey, this is, I mean, they mention in there like be gentle cause you don't want to break that or whatever, but it's yeah. like, yeah, it's soldered. The connections are soldered in like, it's yeah. a whole, it's a whole thing. Like, <laughs> um, whole thing. but, uh, yeah. I mean, if I were, yes, if I were tomorrow getting another turntable, I would definitely seek out something exactly like you said, that was, yep that you can easily screw in and out, um, to make the change even easier. Uh, but with everything as it is, like I, you know, I, I, I did the homework without resorting to reading a bunch of forums and things like that, yeah. which can be, which can be informative, but you know, once you start, it can be too much. And yeah. and then again, you run into your audio file buddies who are, <laughs> gonna tell you that everything is everything except the one thing that they love is yep. made of poop from some place they don't like and <laughs> you shouldn't buy it and if you do then your hair will catch on fire and you'll never be able to hear music again and whatever um poop from the bad place yes poop from whatever place is bad yeah, yeah. from a poop patch and uh yeah they you know the Everything I've listened to, and I, you know, I feel like I have just about every genre. Maybe I don't have classical or maybe opera yet on my vinyl collection, but yeah. uh, every other genre that I have represented um, sounds great. You know, it's nice and lively. It's loud. It's bright. Um, it's not like it didn't, you know, it didn't take everything. And that was the big thing. You know, you read a lot about cartridges and changing head shells and all this and like a lot of people are like well this is really dark you know yeah great this one's really dark to that one. it's like, yeah great oak carts tend to kind of roll off the highs and i yeah. i bought a inexpensive great oak because i'd never had a great oak cart before and i was like yeah i don't like this compared to my <laughs> audio technica ones I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about maybe trying to reaching out and trying to find a couple different 
just the random ones that are in like the hundred, hundred fifty dollar range, and 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 see what those sound like. It could be a fun right. experiment, but yeah, it's always right. a fun thing to fun thing to mess around with. But um, I think yeah. before we wrap everything up, we yeah. have to give our sort of uh, mutual obsessions for all things Mad Lib. Um, oh, but, that's right. <laughs> we forgot about Mad Lib before before we wrap everything up but i think uh, you and i just have been texting all all year about that's pretty much all we've been listening to <laughs> yes i feel like uh well we both found out that uh mad lib and fortet were gonna have this record which is basically like mad lib did a record or had pieces of a record and gave it to kieran hebden who is fortet and was like here uh put this together basically play producer and and make sense of all this and yep. so you have this collaborative record sound of our ancestors i think is the name of it yeah um yeah. and it is real real good i mean yeah. not that it wouldn't have been uh big fan of fortet um big fan of mad lib um it's technically mad lib's first solo release because he's never really ever Oh right, an, he's not really released an album like that. I mean, there's been like beat tapes that he's made, but like this is sort of like the first, you know, album is sort of like an artist rather than just a producer, which I thought was right. an interesting take because I've been buying his stuff for years. So yeah, because you you know you have like yesterday's quintet and yeah. uh, even like the shades of blue and all that or invades blue, yep. blue note all that stuff. It's like yeah, he's like producing and directing more than actually creating the thing which uh you know then uh local record store and heroes over at bull city records got in a copy of the mad lib and kareem riggins record which is a record store day black friday record store day it was i believe yep. uh release which somehow i completely did not know happened <laughs> And you were very surprised because it's obviously, you know me and it's right up my alley. And for some reason I was like, Oh, there's a Mad Lib and Kareem Riggins record. Oh, like <laughs> suddenly I just was like, wow. Um, I think maybe Chad's got in like one or two copies. Cause as is the case, a lot of times with those record store day releases, they will, uh, quote unquote, find some more copies and then send them out into the world later. Yep. Uh, yep. that's what happened here. Like they just started showing up at record stores and, uh, I saw it and I listened to like, I think 20 seconds of one track somewhere, maybe even on the bull city side. Like, yep. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, it's really great. Uh, cream Riggins, I'm pretty sure has like three extra arms growing out of his legs. He's to pull off all the drums. Yeah all the drum things. So he's um, like a drummer and then Madlib plays every other instrument you hear on there, which is crazy. Yes. And if you've ever seen, there's video of them playing live some of that stuff together in like tiny little spaces. Yeah. I mean, they're like, like literally like pushed up almost against each other. It is wacky. It yeah, is crazy to see. Um, but Kareem Riggins, in his own right, is a great uh, drummer, producer, beat maker, the whole thing. Uh, yep. His his records are also great. Um, but yeah, it's just it's like free jazzy, soul jazzy, space jazzy. It's yeah. 
it's all of it. it hits yeah it hits all the ticks all the boxes um yep. and, and it yes. is uh but they call themselves the jahari masamba unit yes so you'd be you'd be forgiven for not knowing what it was because i sure didn't <laughs> well i missed it i missed it for black friday black friday is always kind of hit or miss for me i'm right. always sort of like yeah, and I'd seen a lot of people posting about it, but I just I thought it was a reissue of something, and I was like, right. I just ignored it. And then, um, and then once I finally figured out what it was, I was like, dang it, you know. And then, <laughs> but I was able to go on Discogs and find, uh, you know, a store selling their, you know, labels. I mean, their stock from their store yeah. for you know just whatever I would have paid for it at the store. So. I picked it up through there and, and, uh, and it arrived and, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's why I was surprised when I was like, Oh, I'm surprised you didn't know about that. Yes. It's, it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, is Mad Lib like, I don't know. Is he like the, is he like the mad, pardon the pun, mad genius, like offshoot of what we lost when we lost Jay Dilla? It's like it's like he has like accepted the mantle of all of that and like all right now we're just going to do it's like anything that comes to mind I'm just going to do it and I think I mean, he is I think the distinction there would be um I think I mean, he's more a somebody, creator than sampler necessarily but yeah I know. think as somebody that worked with Jay Dilla like he would probably not you know enjoy hearing you know right hearing right. that comparison but right my thing would be he's probably um he i i, I you know jay dill sort of had that era where he was doing janet jackson tracks and you know right big tribe called quest records and things of that nature right. and so to me um madlib probably you know but he was also but you know dill was also obviously doing all those crazy you know his own tapes and everything like that and so yeah. um but I, I think madlib probably has less of a you know, I think he's just very much underground and satisfied with being there. Sure. You know, this, all this stuff that's coming out right now is on his own label called Mad Lib Invasion. So, yeah. um, you know, if you buy anything on Bandcamp, it's nice because you get notifications about new stuff that's coming out. And, um, and so I think, I think you're right. Um, I think, I think he's, he's probably definitely that way. I think a lot of people are giving a lot more attention to with the passing of MF Doom. Sure. Um, which I was able to get a copy of um, uh, Food, the, uh, mm, the that me, yes. please. Uh, uh, they they were like, we have limited copies, and I bought one like immediately. Yes. Um, and so I think a lot of that sort of that sort of underground hip hop culture, you know, which. Um, you know, you're thinking, you know, Mad Lib, Stones Throw, all those sort yeah. of tie, tie-ins together. I think, you know, I think a lot of that's coming to light through MF Doom's passing as well. But yeah, I think you're right. I think we're seeing where he's letting loose a lot of that and sort of doing right. his own thing, maybe with his own label. And so uh, sure. I, I, w- I would venture to say it's probably only going to get more exciting with the with the stuff that he's going to want to do. So he, yeah. everything I read around the the, the album release with the with Kieran from Fortet, he seems like, I don't even think he has a cell phone. Like he, I think <laughs> he just like wakes up and makes music and like that's right. his, his thing. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't really want to be in the spotlight and do interviews and stuff like that. So, right. um, you know, so I think 
you know, I think the, the limelight sometimes may be a little bit uncomfortable based on what I read in those interviews. But at the same time, I think, you know, you are right. I think he's just doing a lot of great stuff. So it'll be fun to see what, what more stuff comes out of that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know. I don't think I knew for the first 10 years of, the, of knowing who he was, what he even looked like. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I was just like, I don't know. I think this guy might be a ghost. I'm not totally sure what's happening. And well, then, like, I, you see a picture I of him in, somewhere, like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. I was, in, I was embarrassed because I've been listening to those Quasimodo records for years, and uh, always knew I always knew he produced it, but didn't realize that was him rapping just right with a pitched up voice. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I was yeah. like, oh, God, of course that makes total sense, but. Right. You know, and that's sort of like his thing now. It's like he's not, you know, once once Jay Dilla passed away, he's no longer rapping and uh, just focusing on music. But like to just make like a jazz record where it's like you're going from playing the flute to playing the trumpet to playing keyboards and all this stuff. It's just <laughs> like, okay, man, you do you. This is awesome. Yep. So yeah, I we're all going to we're all along like for the ride. Yeah, no kidding, right? So indeed. Well, well, I think we covered everything, my friend. We had a list, kids, and we checked off every box. We did. We we're gonna because that's what our, we do. Well, I don't know if we're gonna. I forget if we're doing our dark tombstone jokes or not. But maybe we'll save that. <laughs> yeah, we'll save it for another time. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, you know what? I'll keep you know I'll keep sending say. them to you. <laughs> you know what they say on every tombstone? Every day is a winding road. So, oh, uh, so good. We'll just so good. We'll we'll just have to we'll we'll. We'll we'll broaden that a bit. It, it may not be the best time uh, uh, right. coming off a pandemic to be making tombstone jokes, but uh, we'll 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 think about the best way to to pull all those together because they they are pretty funny. Yes, they are. I got I got like <laughs> at least ten lined up. I haven't even sent you yet. Really, I was like, man, that's I can't even say that. It's too dark. It's too dark. I know. I know. It's so funny. When you put so. it in that context, normal context, you're like, yeah, you know. But yeah, you put it in that context, like, oof. Yep, that's right. <laughs> oof. All right, well, this Anywho's. was fun, and uh, I promise it won't be another six weeks before we do the next one. Right. We will be better. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Yeah, man.